How many excited to be here on a Wednesday night? Hey, listen, great, great turnout tonight. And uh, like Pastor Andrew said, I want to welcome all of you guys here. And uh, my name is Pastor Brian, lead pastor at Destination Church and uh, formerly a part of Clover Hill, Assembly of God. So this is kind of second home. This is my, uh, my parents' church and, uh, and all that stuff. So we're excited to be here. Uh, and so either just one or two things are happening tonight. Either you guys really love Jesus or there's some serious cabin fever going on uh, in many homes here tonight. Hey, before I start, can I just give a quick testimony? I, this is just personal. This is not anybody else, just for me. Uh, but I've got four kids, and uh, I just got a call this afternoon that Chesterfield County is having school tomorrow. Come on, can we give God some praise? Only the teachers are booing. Only the teachers are booing. But hey, I'm excited that you guys are here, and I want to thank Pastor Stan and Angie uh, for letting me be a part of tonight. Uh, Stan and Angie are heroes for me and Kelly. Uh, heroes are somebody you look up to, somebody that inspires you, somebody that you hope to be one day. So when I get really old like them one day, I hope to be just like them. I am just kidding. Uh, but uh, I want you to know this. Pastor Stan, he is the man. And Angie, uh, they are doing so much. They are making a difference in Virginia. Uh, and, uh, and not just through this. We wouldn't be a church. Destination, I want all of you guys to know. We wouldn't be a church if it wasn't for Pastor Stan and Angie. Uh, and I love them so very, very much. And uh, uh, Destination Church, where are you guys at? I know I got some of y'all here tonight. And super glad that you guys get to be in the house. So when I, I came here for a year, a whole year, Pastor Stan and Angie in Cloverhill brought me on for a year uh, to send us out and start Destination. So uh, do me a favor, Cloverhill, I mean Destination Church, do me a favor. I want you to show how much you appreciate this church because if it wasn't for this church, we wouldn't have a church. So could y'all show Cloverhill some appreciation? Come on, tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. And I uh, seriously mean that. And uh, how many of you believe that 2017 is going to be our best year? I, I really believe that. I mean, it's the number seven. I mean, that, that is God's number. This has got to be the greatest year. And, uh, and so many times uh, we've been sharing this, and we're kind of doing something similar with you guys as a church. And I asked Pastor Stan permission if we could come along with you guys. But uh, we are doing this 21-day fast with you. Water is my new best friend. Come on, how many of you in this fast with us here today? So we got two churches that are are doing this, and, and because here's my prayer, how many of you want to finish this year stronger than you started it? Like, like how many of you want to be better financially at the end of the year than you are now? How, how many of you would like your relationships to be on a greater level, a deeper level than they are right now? How many of you believe that your church could go to a whole nother level by the end of this year than you are right now? How many of you would like to be closer to Jesus at the end of this year than you are right now? And so I really believe in finishing strong, but many times to finish strong, you need a fresh start. And, uh, and so we're doing this thing called the reset, this 21-day reset challenge where we're kind of doing something that's against human nature. We're kind of going backwards to go forward. You know what that's what fasting is all about? It's giving up to go up. It's kind of moving backwards. And while everybody else is kind of eating what they want, and uh, I've been fasting food, fasting social media, uh, and as everybody else is kind of jumping into uh, 2017, it feels like they kind of got a head start on us. Uh, but you know what fasting is really all about? It's kind of like a bow and arrow. How many know a bow and arrow, it's going to shoot out fast, but before it shoots out, it's got to go back. How I many know it's got to be stretched a little bit? It's got to go through a little pain, a little suffering. 
hearing. But how many know, how many like to take 21 days and just kind of say, I'm going to reset. I'm going to allow God to stretch me. I'm going to give some stuff up. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come here on Wednesday nights. I'm going to do these things. And how many believe that God is going to line you up like an arrow? And although other people got a head start on you, when God lets you go, how many believe you're going to shoot out? And this is going to be the greatest year you've ever seen. And so I'm willing to give up 21 days for the other 340 some days, and God is going to bless us in a whole, whole new way. But that's a, it's kind of a, a, a thought that is uh, really against human nature to wait. That's what fasting is all about. It's waiting. And, but here's what I believe about a move of God. I believe a move of God starts when people wait on God. A move of God starts when people wait on God. Every move of God throughout all history begins when people didn't just kind of run out and do what God called them to do, but they first waited. How many know the first move of God that was that way? Uh, and the disciples, if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me uh, to the book of Acts. We're going to look right there in Acts chapter 1 together, and then we're going to spend some more time in prayer tonight. But here's what I know. The disciples, right after the resurrection, I mean, these guys, they followed Jesus for over three and a half years. Uh, they saw their Savior die on a cross. They saw him buried. I mean, they thought everything was done. They thought Jesus came to kind of uh, take over the world. That's what they believed. That's what the prophecy said. And so when they saw Jesus die, they thought it was game over. But, I mean, no, three days later, aren't you glad that Jesus rose from the dead? And when he rose from the dead, they thought it was game back on. They thought, this is it. This is where we're going to take over. And, and so these guys thought, man, we've been saved. We've been discipled by Jesus. We've been water baptized. There's nothing else we need. Let's go. Let's do this. But Jesus says something unique to them. He says, you're going to change the world, but not yet. You've got to wait. Everybody say wait. Because God wants us to kind of go back and wait just a little bit. Look what it says in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse number 4. It says, once when he was eating with them, that just tempts me right there on this fast. But once when he was eating with them, he commanded them do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he's promised. You know, this promise was going to come with the Holy Spirit, but I would love for us to take that word Jerusalem and kind of put your place in it. Maybe it's Clover Hill. Maybe it's destination. Maybe it's where you are because Jerusalem was where the disciples were. And Jesus says, do not leave where you are until you get what you need. How many believe tonight sometimes if we would come to church with a mindset, we're not just going to come in and hear a little word and do a little worship, but we're not going to leave until we get from God what we need. Come on, how many know God has promised us his Holy Spirit? And so tonight, maybe that's your prayer. You're saying, God, I'm not going to move until you move. I'm not going to leave until I get what you promised. It says, as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, I mean, we're doing this thing for just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know, part of this reset challenge is this, is that, and this is what um, Pastor Stan asked me to kind of speak on and bring on, is that one of the things that we all as a church uh, need to come together to believe for during this reset, during this fast, is this, is that we need the baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled. Now, Jesus says something kind of unique here. He says, listen, you've been baptized in water, and I think it's amazing. If you've never been baptized in water, uh, you need to get baptized in water. It's a command of Jesus, and uh, many of us have. And I love the, the fact that watching people get uh, totally immersed in water. And, and baptism is all about grace. It's about how Jesus saves us. It's, it's an outward sign of what God has done on the inside of us. And when someone gets baptized, they get completely immersed, but they get 
completely immersed on the outside. And so Jesus was saying, listen, you've been baptized on the outside, but I'm going to baptize you on the inside. Now, you may have already been water baptized, and that's great, but how many of you believe this? How many of you believe that this is going to be the best year ever? We've got to get totally immersed on the inside. Come on, how many need your mind immersed? Anybody needs your heart immersed? Anybody need your spirit immersed? I believe this, that God wants to say here in this place tonight, don't leave where you are until everything on the inside is completely immersed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the unique thing about that. We could have a spontaneous baptism if we wanted tonight, and I could baptize you. Pastor Stan can baptize you. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit I want you to get is that only the Holy Spirit can baptize you on the inside. You see, man can do something on the outside. How I many know God says that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart? You see, God's all about the inside. And so man can baptize you in water, but only the Holy Spirit can completely immerse your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. And I don't know about you, but I, it's why I'm fasting. It's why I'm praying. It's because I believe God has got enormous, enormous things for Clover Hill, for Destination, for every person here. But we will not accomplish anything on our own. The Bible says, not by mind, not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And if we get completely immersed on the inside, how many believe this is going to be our greatest year ever? But we've got to get that feeling. We've got to get it. And so he, look at what he keeps on saying, Acts chapter 1, starting verse 6. He says this. He says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, the time has come to free Israel. He was saying, this is our time. Let's go. Let's go restore the kingdom. Let's go take over the world. He says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. He's saying you don't have something that you need. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utter ends of the earth. You see, water baptism is all about grace, but the Holy Spirit baptism is all about power. Water baptism is all about cleansing and that water that refreshes, but the power of God is all about fire. We sang it tonight. God wants to give us tongues of fire. He wants a fire down inside of you. Every single single one of you are gifted for ministry. Every single one of you, the moment you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, you have got a specific gift of the Spirit. And that gift can be ignited with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do in your life. God wants you to be effective and powerful, but the Holy Spirit is what you need. You may have the physical strength to face 2017, but do you have the spiritual strength? You may have physical power to accomplish maybe what you think, but do you have God's power? You have supernatural power. You know, I think that most people here, uh, we get God the Father, we kind of get God the Son, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there can be a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, just uneasiness about it, and, and maybe many of you are here that are filled or you were filled, but I'm going to share this a little bit. It's not about where you've been, it's where you're going that matters, and so it's not about an experience you had 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, you've got to be filled now. You've got you to be filled completely now. Uh, but here, here's what I know, is that I believe a lot of people, uh, maybe one, there's only two reasons why any Christian would not be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Only two reasons. There are only two. The first one is ignorance is that you just don't know about the Holy Spirit. Paul, when he was preaching the gospel and starting churches, he came across some believers, and they said, uh, or he asked them, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? He said, we didn't even hear, we never heard about the Holy Spirit. And so then he preached about it, and then right there they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I, I don't think that most of the people in the room tonight that your problem is ignorance. I don't, I don't think that's the problem, and especially after tonight, I, I definitely don't believe that ignorance will be the issue. I, I think the biggest issue for most of us, and it's the other reason, number two, it's not ignorance. The only other reason any Christian would not be filled with the baptism, completely immersed in the Holy Spirit, is not ignorance, it's resistance. Resistance. Look what it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. It's kind of harsh words, but nonetheless, uh, not mine, but the Bible's. It says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? And so maybe here tonight you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? That, that could mean that you resist worshiping with all your heart. You resist fasting. You resist searching and seeking and hungering after God. And, and maybe we're more hungry for the things of the world than the things of God. But Jesus said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And I believe that God's promise is that he wants to fill all his sons, all his daughters. But we've got to have a hunger for the Spirit of God. Now, I get resistance. I get it. I, I used to resist the Holy Spirit a lot in my life. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I grew up in Assemblies of God, and, and all I've known uh, is Pentecostalism, and, and I used to resist the Holy Spirit a lot, because let's just be honest, the Holy Spirit can be a little weird. I mean, I grew up in church, and I saw, uh, don't be offended, but I saw older ladies that I've never seen run a day in their life, and when they get the Holy Spirit, they start running around the church. Uh, I, I've seen people uh, uh, come under what they would say the Holy Spirit, and they would fall over uh, right where they are. Uh, I, I've seen people get up and prophesy and I felt like I was going to hell every time they spoke in tongues or prophesied. There was just something sometimes that, that was just uh, intense about it. Uh, but then I matured a little bit and here's what I want to understand. I began to understand the Holy Spirit and here's what God showed me. That the Holy Spirit isn't weird at all. People are weird. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. And one of the reasons I resisted with the Holy Spirit was because of people. Because that same lady I saw run around the church speaking in tongues and doing that, I would also see her running around town gossiping about every single person that she knew. The same people that would fall out under the Holy Spirit were under the spirit of maybe pornography or anger or, or all these other things. These same people that would prophesy, I would see them judge people and condemn people. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, the sign of the Holy Spirit, you know what signs and wonders really are? Signs and wonders is lost people getting saved. Signs and wonders is people that are far from God, that are drawn to a church, drawn to people. How many want to be the Holy Spirit kind of church where it's here, it's evident, it's real, but people are drawn, not pushed away. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's my simplest answer of the Trinity is this, is that God created me, Jesus saves me, and the Holy Spirit empowers me. And I'm so thankful for the Trinity, and I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. I, I just want to end tonight just kind of really sharing my personal story and my personal testimony uh, with the Holy Spirit. Like I said, I resisted the Holy Spirit uh, quite a bit, uh, even as a PK in a Pentecostal church, and I knew it was real, but I just saw the weirdness, and I was a pretty quiet, shy, even teenager, middle schooler, didn't want the weirdness. You weren't going to see me running around. I wasn't going to grab a microphone, wasn't ever going to be on stage, And uh, but God has a way of kind of getting you where he needs to be. When I was 16 years old, uh, my parents moved from one church to another church and uh, a whole other state, and right during my junior year of high school, and I was pretty mad at my parents, pretty mad at everything that was going on. I didn't want to move. I liked where I was, but, but God used that time of really rebellion in my heart. I began to rebel against God, rebel against the church. I wanted nothing to do with anybody, but I was in uh, the basement of this new house, and uh, it's where I would kind of go every day. I was giving parents the, uh, uh, the cold shoulder, wasn't going to talk to them, and uh, week after week, day after day, I was there, and, and 
And one day I was down there, and for some reason, uh, my Bible was down there, and there was a sheet of paper with a bunch of references on it. And as a 16, 17-year-old, the last thing I would have ever done is open that and began to read the Bible. But for some reason, there wasn't a band playing. There wasn't uh, any kind of music. I was in church. It was just in this basement with a rebellious heart. But I began to open God's Word, and as I read it, I just felt God beginning to melt my heart. And right there in that basement with nobody else around, I had tears coming down my face, got down on my knees, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I really said, God, this is it this time. I'm going to follow you with everything I got. I began a journey just to getting involved in everything. I, I mean, I couldn't even sing, and I got in the choir. I mean, I did everything I could uh, to get involved in church. Uh, one of the things that I heard was a missions trip. I, I just heard our state was taking a missions trip. I said, hey, let, let's go. And, and so I went on my first missions trip, and, and God was doing some things. And right near, uh, my, my right before my, my high school, my senior year, I decided to go to camp. And our, our state was doing a youth camp. And, and, and I went to youth camp, and while I was at youth camp, um, I was there, and uh, most youth camp, it's kind of the same kind of concept. A lot of times, especially in Pentecostal youth camps, you get saved on the first night, and then you get filled with the Holy Spirit on the second night. And, and it's not really the fault of kind of how church is, but uh, too many churches are drawn by numbers. We want to know how many are saved, how many speak in tongues. We want to have a check mark by how many things, and uh, because we want to keep funding these camps and doing all these things. And I'll never forget the second night when they started talking about the Holy Spirit. I knew I was missing something. I, I, at that time, I'd already felt God call me into ministry, but I was so insecure, so shy, just uh, so uh, not really who I thought I'd be. And, and so I knew the Holy Spirit. I've seen it with my parents their whole life. I've seen miracles. I have seen everything God, and I knew it was real. I've seen the fake, but I knew it was real. And I knew I was missing this power. And I said, God, I need this power in my life. I've got to have it. And so I went for. They invited all the teenagers who hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit to, to come down front. And, and pretty much the worst thing in the life, my life happened to me down at that altar because I had seen all the weirdness. And I had already been someone who just really resisted the Holy Spirit. And so I came down to pray. And before I knew it, I, I had probably at least 75 hands like all over my entire human body except for places you go to jail for. I mean, I just had hands everywhere, and it was so loud, and they were speaking in tongues, and they were yelling, and one guy was moving my chin, one guy was pushing on my stomach. They were trying to say to say something, and, and somehow in that moment, I, I appeased them somehow. I actually thought for a moment that, that I was filled with the Holy Spirit because something came out of my mouth, and they said, yes, that's it, and they put their check mark on another person who was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I got in my car at that camp and went home knowing that I was already signed up to go to Bible college. And I was pretty upset, pretty depressed. I was kind of mad I got it. I said, God, if that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like, like that, that I, I'm so upset that if that's the real thing. And, and slowly after just a time of processing and maturing, I realized that wasn't the real thing. And that was just kind of a fake experience and another reason for me to kind of resist. But I was thankful that God was just burning a desire in my heart that no matter how many of these bad experiences I was seeing or having, that I still needed and I still knew that the Holy Spirit was real. And so I just began to go on a journey. I, I went to Bible college as a freshman and um, far away from home. And never forget the first week at Bible college, they did a spiritual emphasis week, which means we had chapel every single day. And they brought in a, a great speaker. And I felt like it was camp all over again because day two, they said, hey, if there's anybody here that's not filled with the Holy Spirit, why don't you come down? And I was so hungry for the Holy Spirit. And here's my prayer is that you would get so hungry for more of God that you don't care what people think. You know, I, I was looking around. 
around and I was seeing these other Bible college students and, and I felt so small. I felt like so insignificant. I would see these men of God preach and think I could never do that, never be that. I would never get on stage, never do those. And I felt like this Holy Spirit thing was what I was missing. And uh, second day of Bible college, they said, hey, if there's anybody here, now you got to understand this is a Pentecostal Bible college. Everybody here signed up for ministry, which means most everybody there is already filled with the Holy Spirit. So me and three other college students got out of our seat and walked down in front of the student body to ask uh, for the Holy Spirit. And once again, a bunch of hands got on me, started praying for me, and uh, I just kind of kind of creeped in a little bit. And, and, and one, of, one of the things that God spoke to me that day, and I'll never forget, I wasn't filled that day. And I just felt it in my heart is that God says, he says, Brian, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be so real that you're, when it happens, you're going to know. And you're never going to be the same again. But here's the other thing God spoke. And it's not for everybody, but God spoke this for me just because of my experience and what I went through. God says, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, nobody will be around and nobody will lay hands on you. And I felt like, you know what, and I, know I believe in laying on hands, and I, I'm not saying I don't believe in that. That's scriptural. You can see it. But I also know that the very first Acts chapter 2 experience, nobody was laying hands on nobody. Nobody thought, speaking in tongues. Nobody knew what they were expecting. It was just 120 hungry people, 120 people that were just following what Jesus told them to do, which was wait for a promise, wait for the power, and don't leave until you get the power. And I just felt God saying that. And so for weeks, this weeks literally turned into months uh, as my semester went on, that many times I would get up in the middle of the night and just pray. Many times, because I just knew it was going to happen when I was alone. So I would try to find any alone time to seek and pray. I would share with some of my hallmates, some of my new best friends that I was making. Uh, I said, hey, I'm seeking the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the things that I began to do was sign up for a witnessing team. And it's kind of ironic, the Holy Spirit said that he will give you power to witness. And I signed up for this witnessing team that would witness on Friday nights. And we go out really late at night uh, in the city where my school was. And there was a lot of kind of occultic things going on in a certain part of town on the weekend, really late at night. So uh, us Bible college students looking for ministry anywhere would go out and, and try to witness. But before we did, we had an upperclassman leader, and we would gather together, kind of ironic, uh, in an upper room at our Bible college for prayer. And we got together for prayer before we went out. We did this Friday after Friday after Friday. And there was one of these Fridays that, that we went in there for prayer. And all I can say is, is that we started praying. There was about 30, 40 of us in this upper room. And we began to pray. And the Holy Spirit just showed up. Like the presence of God was so strong. But here's the other thing. Have you ever been in a service where you felt like God was speaking to everybody but you? That God was literally moving on everybody but you? That was that night. It was evident that God was there. But I just felt like everybody was getting something from God. And I was just kind of wrestling with God and fighting for God. And so sure enough, the prayer time kind of wrapped up. And the leader said, hey, let's get ready to go. But then he kind of did something he never did on one of these Friday nights. He started to say, hey, listen, has everybody received from God what you want to receive before we leave here tonight? I don't think he was trying to prophesy or quote from, from Jesus, but I think he was trying to say what Jesus says. Hey, listen, don't leave here unless you get what God promised you. And everybody's like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. But then he did something that was kind of weird. He started going around the room and pointing. He said, have you received from God? And he pointed and someone said, yes. Have you received from God? And they said, yes. I said, God, I said, God, if he points at me, I cannot lie in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I said, don't let him point to me. He goes around the room and finally he takes his finger and he points it right at me. And he knew me. He says, have you received what you came here to receive? And I looked at him, felt like I just took a pin and popped a balloon and let the air. I said, no, no. 
Now, he was smart enough and he was close enough to me to know what I was seeking for. He knew I was seeking the Holy Spirit. And so guess what he did? Hey, everybody, let's pray for Pastor Brian. Let's get around him. And so 40 hands are all around me praying for me. But then this guy really was led by the Holy Spirit. He didn't know what God spoke to me. But it literally, about one minute into their prayer, he literally said, stop. He says, everybody stop. He says, God just spoke to me. And he looked right at me. He says, God just spoke to me. He looked at me. He says, Brian, he says, God said, God is going to fill you tonight with the Holy Spirit. But God's going to do it with none of us around. And no one's going to lay hands on you. And it was confirmation. And so we said, hey, guys, let's leave the room. So they left the room. Now, the crazy thing was this room had all glass walls. So they're all hanging out on the outside of the glass walls, just me. And I'm kind of looking at them, like, through the glass, just kind of waving at them. And uh, it got really awkward, really weird. But, again, you got to understand, I think God sometimes will take you through awkward and difficult situations to humble you, to get you to a place where you don't care what people think because you care more about being powerfully immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so literally, I just felt God told me to do it. I literally turned my back uh, to the wall. I said, God, and here's my simple prayer of faith. God, all of them are waiting for me right now. Would you please fill me with the Holy Spirit so we can go? And pretty much, I can tell you, that's almost one of the last things I remember uh, praying because literally, I can't say if it was a minute later or five minutes later. I don't really remember. But all I can describe it was is that I felt like something ignited inside of me. I felt like almost like a match had had, had come in and a fire started burning. And and all I know is I I started to to just kind of tremble a little bit. I was worshiping. But all of a sudden, I opened up my mouth and and I began to worship God. And some words came out that I didn't know what they were. And and, uh, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I didn't really care because I was just praising and worshiping God. Uh, the next thing I knew, that whole group kind of had come in and, and God's presence just filled that room like I, I've almost never experienced in my life. And finally, they were all hugging me and they were all cheering. They're like, now you've received, let's go. Like, you've got what you want. And so I said, let's do it. And, and so we started walking out and, you know, this is Friday night on our campus and students were walking by and I'd see a student I'd know and I'd try to say hi, but every time I'd open my mouth, like tongues would come out. Like it was just, and, and people look at me, but it was a Bible college. So it wasn't that crazy. And, and I said, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to meet you in the car. But right before I go, I've got one of my best friends. He's on my dorm. He's in my hall. He's been praying with me since I've been here. I've got to go tell him. It was like I just got the greatest Christmas gift ever. i got to go tell him. And so I walked into his room. His name was Scott. I walked into his room, and he's on the phone with somebody. And I meant to say, hey, Scott, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I literally just opened up the door. And all I could say was I opened my mouth, and just tongues of fire came out of my mouth. He literally dropped the phone. He came over here to give me a hug. When he hugged me, he literally fell out in the Holy Spirit. I mean, just fell out on the ground. The phone is still on. Like that. And I knew there was waiting on me, so I said, I got to go. So I just kind of left him, left him there. And then that night, that night when I went witnessing, because God says he will give you power to be a witness. That very night, in that moment, God changed my life from being insecure to secure, from being shy to being bold, to having a gift that was ignited from God. And that night, I was able to not only witness and reach people for Jesus, but literally 20-some years later, God is using me to preach. God is using me to speak. God's Spirit ignites me. And I don't know what your gift is. It may not be to preach. It may be to serve. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is inside you. You will be the best version of you you can possibly be. The best mom, the best wife, the best husband, the best dad, the best teenager, the best college student. I believe in 2017, if you will get hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit, He will immerse you on the inside and out. Come on, how many want that?
15 minutes left tonight. And, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the next 15 minutes, and we're not going to run out of here, but we're going to wait on God. We're going to get hungry for God. We're going to say, God, maybe it's tonight. I don't want to leave until I get the promise that I've asked for. Maybe you're like, well, Pastor, I was already baptized. Let me give you this final verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you something. You can't stay drunk unless you keep drinking. How many know this? It's not about an experience that you had. It's not about my experience I had when I was 18. Listen, if I want to stay filled, I got to keep drinking. If I got to stay filled, I got to go after God. And so I'm asking every person here in this place, let's ask God to immerse us from head to toe. I'm going to invite all of the staff from Clover Hill Destination. Some of you go stand over here. Maybe some of you can go over there. Pastor Andrew, if you've got prayer leaders, uh, you can have people on both sides. And here's the thing. If you want someone to pray with you, Listen, find one of these leaders. They will pray for you. If you want to find a place by yourself, find a place by yourself. If you want to stay standing where you are or get out of your seat and find a place, but for the next 12 minutes, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, and let's ask the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us. Come on, are you guys ready to go after God here tonight? Come on, let's give them the next few minutes tonight as we pray and as we seek God.